Ladies and gentlemen. Ladies and gentlemen. I'm Shawnee Constant, and I'm here with my co-host, Mr. Bean. Keyfabe, motherfucker. Keyfabe, motherfucker. We are basking in the glory. In the glory. Of the opulent Russell Palace. Chandelier. Russell Palace. Like he's fight prison style, dude. Boom <laughs> shakaloo. The scariest of all clowns. Murder clown. It's like we've said uh, previously on the show. Mira. I'm fat. You got a fat ass. It's like he's covered drinking. Bob Burr's got a big old neck. It's a work. It's a work. And this is the one. Show. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, the following podcast is scheduled for one fall. One fall. With a 60-minute time limit. My name is Chuck Bean, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Shawnee Constant. Hey, everybody. And uh, this week, we're, we're kind of going back to basics. Yes. Because there was a lot of shit going on in wrestling. Yeah, and whether we like it or not, uh, this is a wrestling-based show, and there's no doubt that Survivor Series is one of the high holy holidays of the WWE year. Sure. Uh, therefore, the professional wrestling year uh, yeah. over these many uh, these last few decades, at least. And uh, a lot of interesting things happened uh, at Survivor Series this week because of the way everything was. Um, we we got we got factions, we got invasions, we got all those things that you have mentioned uh, in the past weeks that I fall for hook, line, and sinker. Sure. And uh, you bait the hook, you throw it out, and then you reel them in real slow. But but we may have something different coming. Out of the thing as well, right? Like it, it, it looks like there are some some shifting winds at the the top of the card, which I've long said is a problem for WWE. Yeah, there's definitely some some parts moving around and, and different people being moved up and moved down as far as importance and what's going on. So, but it was a huge week, not only with Survivor Series, but with the um, with the NXT War Games event as well. Um, do you want to just start talking about this weekend? Because uh, Survivor Series was great, as far as I'm concerned. There was plenty, plenty of shit in there that I wanted. I, because of my work schedule, I, I usually have to go to work at midnight, so I will try and pick and choose what I'm going to watch live, and then fall asleep in the middle, and then catch the rest of it on tape delay. Essentially, oh, man. I've forgotten that uh, most of this card was shit I wanted to see. Yeah, it was a really, really two very, very good cards. I, I didn't uh, normally I sit and watch live, and because of the ordeal with uh, Hell in a Cell leading into the uh, the Saudi show, I had mm-hmm. sort of shut down my WWE viewing uh, for the most part. So I did not watch Takeover live, and I am regretting that decision. I was already regretting that decision before. Survivor Series started. Sure. And uh, I continue to regret that decision because I am I missed a couple of matches, still haven't gone back to them. And it seems like that was yet another, you know, across the board, four and a half to five star card. Yeah, I agree wholeheartedly. Um, but once a, it, and it's unique in that NXT had so many people that worked on Saturday and then worked on Sunday, too. Yeah, the back-to-back was very interesting, both in terms of just, wow, you can do that, right? Like, right. that shows the uh, young younger uh, talent pool that's not on a full-time touring schedule, but also 
how are they going to sell those things, right? And well, I and think there was some some good, some bad in terms of the storytelling there. But again, these are your new recruits. So are you expecting them to get better or are we as fans expecting them to fall into the WWE way, which we do not necessarily believe is better? Do you know what I'm saying there? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what I took away from it is Saturday, nobody pulled any punches thinking I got to work tomorrow night too. But I feel like once they got to Sunday, you still got the NXT product, but you got it intermingled with the style that we're used to seeing in a Raw or a SmackDown and uh, in that way, I would say, you know, it's it's old news to say that uh, an NXT takeover was better than the, on Saturday than the Sunday event. But absolutely, you know, in, in this particular uh, fashion, it certainly was. No, and it, it, well, I'm, for the last couple of years, we've been saying it. I think uh, the Internet wrestling community has been the IWC has been saying it. Uh, they just put and, you know, a lot of that speaks to format, right? It's a tighter card. It's uh, sure. it's the first night. I think that people were pretty exhausted by the second night. For sure. You know, when you have uh, weird, I, for, we, I still continue to hate the tag team Royal Rumble. Um, okay. But when you're starting that at 530 on the Sunday night of an event that's going to go to 11, that's so damn early. Oh, for sure. And, and this absolutely felt like, especially with Survivor Series, um, we've talked before about how Maybe, you know, three hour raw, maybe there it's just not we're not the audience anymore. Very well could be. And yeah, that's definitely how I feel about, you know, the five to seven hour Sunday pay-per-views is like, maybe I'm just not the audience. Right. And, th- and that's sort of the like, are we you and I not the audience because we are men of a certain age uh, or is the American public no longer the audience because right. we're all much more interested in five minute snippets than we are in three hour long form programming when it's interrupted with so many commercials right like i will sit and uh watch an interview on the joe rogan experience podcast because it's two or three hours uninterrupted presumably with people that i'm interested in hearing Uh, i'm not i'm not interested in all of the commercials i'm not interested in being told that i'm going to die of cancer because i smoke cigarettes thank you i know stop stop doing that to me you know all these (laughs) things right i don't i don't uh it's 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 tricky all right, so they started the night with the women's five-on-five-on-five five five, uh, Survivor Series match, which that alone is interesting that they took the dynamic of getting, you know, like 10 of your favorite superstars to increasing it to 15 and three teams. It's a lot of people in the ring. And I, I understand why they didn't do it this particular year, but if this is what it's going to look like going forward, I would hope that next year, uh, at some point, two teams decide to completely eliminate one team. You know what I mean? Like if, sure, if right. the Raw and SmackDown people had decided to just one after the other beat down the five NXT people to just make it a one-on-one match, that would have made total sense. Yeah, that seems like one of those. That seems like a uh, conspiracy theory that I'll have four or five years from now. Right. But probably is something that they would unveil seven or eight years from now as it continued the pattern of me predicting things way too early (laughs) and being disappointed for so long. But yeah, the dynamic there is much more interesting, right? And uh, I feel there's a little bit of a New Japan feel because they are such a faction oriented. Um, locker room and I like the idea that things can you now have face and heel in each different brand may be something a little different than face and heel on a a separate brand so you just have so much more variability right we've had with WWE you've you've team blue and team red like it's the most primary color baby kind of division of of uh, characters that 
um, I think professional wrestling has ever had. And so to, to break that up in any way makes me happy for sure. Right. And we got to see some really interesting uh things play out on each team you saw the stuff between oscar and charlotte which led into monday night raw and you know you're looking at the nxt team and like four out of those five girls all fought in war games last night mm-hmm. which is fascinating incredibly impressive right i mean like there was a 45 minute match to open uh, a takeover yeah and no, was, uh, they was... all still looked good they looked crisp i i liked it it was good stuff and then uh from that point on we got i i want to say the next match was Shinsuke, AJ, and uh, Roddy Strong, which I think a lot of people thought was going to be match of the night. And I don't think it disappointed at all. I thought it was really funny looking at Shinsuke because he his ring gear made him look like Namor, from, uh, <laughs> the Submariner from Marvel Comics. And you do see a lot of that. We'll, we'll talk about that as to the, all the different uh, costuming that you get to see on a major pay-per-view. Yeah, and increasingly cosplay. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I guess it's been that way for quite some time, but I, I, I do notice it more and more now. I, I, I thought in the, the women's division, going back for one quick moment, I, the, um, uh, Rhea Ripley really put on a hell of a week. Um, leading, leading into the pay-per-views and then performing in both pay-per-views. I think it's it's sounding like from different podcasts, I'm listening to different message boards I'm following, that she's made a pretty big impact. I thought one thing that was very interesting was that uh, Sexual Chocolate on his podcast straight up called Charlotte out for no-selling Rhea Ripley on SmackDown. Really? Which I thought was very, very interesting. And, yeah. of course, he did it in the context of in order to make the pool of talent that you are involved with look strong, you cannot do that because it just makes everyone look weaker. Right. And uh, I think we've sort of seen that real, that flair pride with Charlotte before. If you watch some of the backstage videos on the network, um, she just, the idea that she, she might be intimidated by Rhea Ripley coming in and potentially taking over some of her TV time sure. coming out in an ugly way from a backstage uh, perspective, I thought was interesting, especially coming from someone like Mark Henry, mm -hmm. who seems like a very straight shooter, right? He, he seems to have genuinely come. He's got those small town values. You know, we're either going to work together and, and improve or we're, or we're going to work against each other and, and, and things are going to get worse. Like he's just a very... That's, he's very uh, consistent in that mentality. So I don't think there was a, a bone to pick or an, uh, an X to grind with Charlotte, but I thought very interesting, especially going into a pay-per-view like that. Right. It's always fascinating to me to, to look at where Mark Henry is as a person uh, now, as opposed to the character that I remember watching on TV 10 or 20 years ago, watching Sexual Chocolate or watching the guy that would come out to uh, somebody's going to get their ass kicked and put people in the Hall of Pain. <laughs> it's just uh, it's, it's fascinating to see what a, just a good dude he, he appears to be. Yeah, very humble, which I think you have to be if you're a giant man. Um you know, I, I get you don't have to be, but if you if you want to continue to uh, be embraced by the public rather than be uh, uh, terrified the public, right? right. <laughs> you're a giant, you're a giant man. You have to you really be chill. Pitch, you want to get the pitchforks and have them lock you up. And well, otherwise you set it on fire. <laughs> exactly. Or or you go the Brock Lesnar route where you have to like completely isolate yourself on a farm in another right. country, right? Like, uh, I mean, if that works for Brock, more power to him. But it seems like he's like an angry dude who spends a lot of his time festering off uh, away from the public. I don't know if that's dynamic is necessarily the healthiest. Right. Seems like Mark Henry's got a much more 
uh, you know, he's like, I'm, I'm a goddamn champion, and uh, you can, I don't, I don't need to remind you of that. Right. How do you feel the uh, the triple threat that I was just talking about? Roddy Strong, Shinsuke, I, I loved AJ. it. I thought that Roddy uh, fit in with those two legends really, really well. I can definitely see, you know, I, I realize watching Shinsuke does what Shinsuke does, and I don't think it's WWE that's hampered that. I think there's probably a little bit of regimentation that has hurt him somewhat, but I, I don't know if Shinsuke may just be sort of a Japanese wrestler. I don't know that. You don't think it's necessarily WWE telling him you can't do this and don't do this and whatever like that. No, I think exactly. I think that if he's being hurt by the WWE, it's simply that he's not being able to tell the stories he wants to tell. But in terms of the in ring, I was watching it and I was thinking, it seems that match after match, you've always wondered like, when are we going to finally see Shinsuke be like this super duper star? And I'm right. like, oh, he's no, he's not. This is what Shinsuke is, and I think part of being the superstar was being sort of this legendary, mythical figure in the country of Japan. You're never going to get that right. uh, in the United States, I don't think, if you're Shinsuke Nakamura. But I, you know, uh, AJ Styles, always a great seller, yeah. always a great performer. Again, I think Roddy Strong fit in really well there it could have it could have went sideways right like absolutely strong we've already seen aj and shinsuke and yeah some of those matches didn't live up to what we wanted out of those matches but when you add that that third element of roderick strong like things are either going to work out really well or you could go and that goes for all these triple threat matches it's fascinating that survivor series this year was overtaken by the triple threat match i can't what was the uh, the problem with the aj shinsuke rivalry in the past i forget what went sideways that people didn't like i Kabowie! oh oh that's right <laughs> that's right the thing that I still have is the background on my phone, the lock screen. I was somewhat, I, I there, I was hoping that there was going to be a moment where Shinsuke was going to be able to punch him in the jaw. <laughs> and uh, oh, that would have been hilarious. We did not get that call no, back, which didn't. I thought was disappointing. But I think <laughs> how, how great is Sami Zayn as a manager? Like, oh, fantastic! I, I miss Sami wrestling to, to you know to a degree, but really. Watching Sammy dance around to Shinsuke's theme when he's coming down to the ring and he's got the big cape and everything. <laughs> I love Sammy as this like shit heel manager. And I think that it's going to ultimately work for him whenever he's able to, ever able to come back. Yeah. Right? I think that he he has never quite captured the interest of the big WWE crowd. Fantastic NXT, obviously a legend in the indies. Right. But uh, no matter which angle he's approached from, he's never really gotten over in WWE. And I think this is going to help him. I think it's it's like the new day, right? We we Xavier Woods. I think we are fans of more for his antics out of the ring than sure. his work in the ring, and we all fully agree that Xavier Woods is a top five percenter in the ring. He's a fantastic worker. Right. But because you have this sort of, okay, we're, we're not, fo you're not fo force feeding us, which we're always worried about. We're getting him in doses, right? We're getting, we're sprinkling a little bit of Sammy into the matches. And yep. then we get a taste for Sammy. Hopefully Sammy can explode big at some point. Cause I really want to see that for him. I've been following him for, you know, for the four or five sure. years uh, that I've been watching and uh, really, want to see that happen but he's great he's yeah. great he works really well it's a perfect mix and I, I would love to see more of that going on in the wwe it was interesting that uh the the way this card was put together was very interesting and i'll, I'll talk about it more as we break it down but the fact that uh we moved from those couple of matches right into title matches 
Like, I think the next thing was Daniel Bryan and The Fiend, which was, out of the three, the title match I wanted to see. Uh, right, certainly. Yeah, going into these cards, it's difficult to pick what should and will be the main event, right? right. Uh, that's one thing that they do seem to do fairly well, is when they when things are clicking, you do have this sort of cornucopia of matches. And um, we saw somewhat that Vince McMahon was uh, not happy with the ultimate what what was to be the f- f- the, the last match the main event the main will. event thank you yes <laughs> <laughs> don't talk to me I'm on my popcorn break well it had to happen eventually right but we we got Daniel Bryan and the Fiend and the light this time was more orange than red <laughs> right yeah <laughs> yeah I'm not a huge fan of the light uh, yeah, it, I don't know anybody that really is I don't I hate can, it whatever you I know. still contest it must be hiding something along the lines of like if you look at Bray wearing that mask and his get up in regular light it must just look dumb <laughs> it must look just silly uh, could be the case but that, that if that is true that means that we're gonna have to see the red light for the entirety of i mean do you think we're gonna see at least they didn't change it to a blue light you think in in 20 years we're gonna see this slow ass fiend waddle to the to the ring like we see with the undertaker I uh, with, and we're gonna be watching the red light year after year after year <laughs> I, I don't know I don't know that that's a winning formula. I don't no. know that it's not either, right? Like, I, who knows? I, I, it's not the most offensive thing. It's not as though I, I don't watch the match. But it's just a, such a strange decision. Well, and they changed the formula. Just, they tweaked it just slightly because I didn't see The Fiend kicking out at one at all in this particular match. Ooh, okay. So we're already loosening him up a little bit. Right. So, you know, it looks like Daniel Bryan is, did significantly more damage to the monster than Seth Rollins did with a million curb stomps. Right, right. <laughs> but at the, at the end of the day, we still got uh, the, you know, the fiend Bray Wyatt kind of gets his uh, gets his justice for what Daniel Bryan had done to the Bray Wyatt years ago. Yes, yes. And boy, Daniel Bryan is so good at that, right? And he's got so many long-term storylines. Before mm-hmm. the match starts, you see The Miz come out and he has his little conversation with him and you're waiting to see what's he going to say and he's just like, get the hell out of here. Yeah, he's, get out of my face. Yeah, <laughs> get out of my face. And um, uh, What would you think about The Miz and Daniel Bryan as a team? Oh, that would totally work. Yeah, yeah no, I, I would be into that. Um I mean, I'm an unabashed Miz fan, and I don't. There are certainly people who are detractors of Daniel Bryan, but I don't understand them. (laughs) You know, uh, I'm a Daniel Bryan guy. Now, I thought they were going to go in more of a. You know, we we might see something with um, with the cage that uh, Homeboy's carrying around, and um, the fact that Rowan and Daniel Bryan had teamed up. But that's where you see, oh, this match is going to be in the middle of the card. You know that there's probably not going to be some huge pop. Right. It's not It's not going to be full of whatever shenanigans you, you might think it should be. Yeah. Or you might uh, might be hoping are going to happen. But that's something that we could see going forward, right? There, there is that mystery going on, and it seems like those three probably will be connected going you know between now and wrestlemania i mean we just saw a pay-per-view with a million triple threats so i don't know if they'll do any in the next one but i would not be surprised to see in in the soon in the close future a daniel bryan versus the miz versus the fiend yeah and and you know the miz has to sort of get back into wrestling shape you know he's been doing the baby thing and the 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 (laughs) he didn't have the baby no but (laughs) whenever maurice has a baby uh they go into that tv show and miz is just sort of pops up to do his interviews right like we get big holes in his his work rate right uh every time he has a baby i i think that may be part of his anger that might be what he's working (laughs) he's like so you want to have another kid (laughs) (laughs) because take a bump sucks (laughs) 
they also had the uh, the NXT title match, which the night before uh, Pete Dunne won a match to uh, get the opportunity to face uh, Michael Cole's son, Adam Cole. <laughs> <laughs> It's, uh, and that was where uh, they kept changing up the, the announce teams all night. They kept, you know, adding a person here and subtracting a person there. And that was kind of the match where you expected Amaro Ronello and didn't get one. Yeah. So what do you think about this whole controversy? Uh, for people who don't know, um, uh, Corey called him out on Twitter and Dave Meltzer got involved. Now everybody in all of professional wrestling right. <laughs> seems to be getting involved. Uh, I'm not that interested in it. I think Amaro did a great job at TakeOver. Right. Uh if this maybe sends a message tomorrow that he should sit with his team and work a little harder on balancing things out, I don't think that's a problem. I think that entire team is excellent. I really like Beth Phoenix on, mm-hmm. on the commentator table. Uh, seeing her both at TakeOver and on the pay-per-view, she's much more equipped to do it, I think, than Renee Young was. Because Renee would sort of not know where she should get into the kayfabe of it. And okay. I noticed Beth Phoenix very much is like, I, I'm a former athlete. I'm just calling it down. the. Asuka may have just won with a green spray, but she doesn't reference that. She's just like, Asuka, Asuka had a great game plan. She went in there and she won, and that's what champions do. Right. right? And it's a, it's, a, it's a defined role, and I think it works very, very well. And she has the credibility yes. to back it up. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, this was probably the one match, and through no fault of Pete Dunne or Adam Cole, this was the one match that was kind of eh about. Agree. It's it, That would be a great, uh, and probably one that we've seen, but a, a great uh, headliner on an NXT weekly show. Right. I don't know that we needed... He needed an introduction on the big stage. The problem is, is these cards are already huge. Yeah. And so it's so tricky to figure out where things actually belong. Yeah. Uh, an excellent match. But on a card like that, I don't know if I want to have a, an, an awesome 30-minute match. When the buffet is filled with things you love, eventually you got to play favorites. Yeah, it's like uh, the second appetizer, I went deep. Right. Like, oh, shoot, now I've got <laughs> a lot of other delicious things to ingest. Yeah. Um, I believe after that was the men's Survivor Series match, and I this is where I thought that quite possibly was going to be... I thought either, okay, your main event is either Brock Lesnar and Rey Mysterio, even though it's not a match I'm really here for, or it's the men's Survivor Series match. And the fact that those were the next two matches led me, along with a lot of other people, to believe, well, if the women are going to main event Survivor Series tonight... And Shayna and Becky are in the match. Well, Ronda's got to be coming back, right? (laughs) (laughs) First off, let me say, I think that Rhea Ripley is a better horsewoman than... Ronda Rousey? Ronda Rousey. Oh, man, I went on another (laughs) popcorn break. You did. I I think you got the whole thing wrong because you mean Shayna, right? No. No, I think that Shayna's... The three horsewomen that are in NXT with Rhea Ripley, I think, is a fantastic team. I think Rhea Ripley offsets the rest of that team. So rather than having the four horsewomen of MMA against the four horsewomen of professional wrestling, which is a... Like we saw with with the the Saudi show, I, I do not care about fake professional wrestling fights versus fake real like like no 100% of the time the professional wrestlers lose if that's a real fight like stop trying to blur the lines right. I, I, I'm just not interested 
But I think Rhea Ripley presents, I mean, she's like a true mauler in the women's division. She's able to do, I think, what they wanted. She She's a brawler. She's very large. For it, 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 She's tall. She's very tall. She's very got a lot of upper body strength. So she gets a lot of those. That She's got that cool spot she did to Sasha. She's done to Io Shirai. Anybody who's small enough will go for some kind of DDT, and she just stops it and then picks them up into, into a suplex. We saw Nia Jax for, what, two or three years being pushed as a killer in the women's division. Right. And I think that Rhea Ripley is that killer. Uh, she, I don't think will put on sloppy matches because she's not able to live up to the um, physical strength required right. to, to, to fill that role. Part of that's because she's 23 years old or something, right? Sure. Like, um, I don't know if that's a real long lasting thing, but she can pull off those, uh, those incredibly, the strong, the strong man moves, yes. so to speak as a strong woman um, in a convincing way. And I think that's that's why I think a lot of the women are concerned about her. I think that she is really a potential prototype for absolutely something that no one else can do, right? You Once in a while, people still talk of Brock, Brock Lesnar in 2019 like they did in 2004 when they said, no one moves that fast with that much power behind them. It's right. just we can't deal with it, right? Yeah. Uh, Again, uh, listening to um, Sexual Chocolate talking about when he was training way back in the day. And uh, so he was going to do a little work shoot thing to introduce Brock to the to the family. Okay. And it was just the speed and strength at which he went after his leg. He hyperextended his knee, knocked him out. Like, it <laughs> just... And that's just the, them playing, right? Like, right. That, that wasn't Brock trying to injure a man. That was just like, all right, so you don't think I can get past your defense? I can, right. but it's not going to make anyone happy. And I feel <laughs> Rhea Ripley's bringing some of that to and that kind of strength to a team that has the MMA legacy I think oh, that's a great four horsewomen right there I really like the the looks of that well that's the interesting thing about the two survivor series the men's and the women's survivor series matches is it really was kind of a bit of a coming out party for people who do not watch NXT on Wednesday night on the women's side if you have never seen Rhea Ripley other than what you've seen on Raw and Smackdown in the last 3 weeks she is now a household name absolutely yeah and on the men's side by the end of that match Everyone on the planet who watches wrestling knows who Keith Lee is. Absolutely. And that's uh, on the positive side. Some of the hubbub is that Vince McMahon is a big fan of Keith Lee. Right. And when I say I regret that I didn't watch NXT TakeOver live, the, one of the big reasons is that I've been following the bro and Keith Lee from the bingo halls, as yep. it were, quite recently. Yep. So not seeing them live hitting that big stage for the first time again may not be the first time but it's the you know everyone the red carpet is being rolled out for them for yes. the first time and boy was it ever right and to see in the uh survivor series crowd which was fairly flat for much of the night um that they were chanting oh bask in his glory was awesome yeah. you know and uh, i mean part of it i'm sure you've got a ton of people who were there the night previous for nxt so they're already kind of know who keith lee is but i'm sure you have a segment of that crowd too who did just show up for survivor series because i don't know what this nxt thing is all about but i know what my raw and my smackdown is so i'm gonna see that and they got to see guys like keith lee and you know those that's my mvps for this weekend is definitely Rhea Ripley, Ripley and Keith Lee. I, I really, it's just a small thing, but you know, um, 
Braun Strowman did the whole, first off, he's like announcing that he's going to run around the ring. Sure. And so he did it twice. And if you're watching it live, you're like, what are you doing? Like, I really, you're going to do this twice. Like this is, but then you realize he's doing it specifically to set up for the first time ever. Yeah. Keith Lee, Keith Lee just, is able to, we have the juggernaut in the blob, yep. the uh, unstoppable force and the immovable object. And they crash together. And Keith Lee stops that right. ring around the rosy thing that uh, <laughs> that the giant does for the first time story wise that is a very cool little moment right like that's Absolutely. that's that's a canon moment like can yeah. anyone stop him we've been asking for for years now and we finally introduce somebody who can and it's rare that you see a guy get a pop like that now does keith lee get brought up and have to Go through the Alistair Black process well, because, damn, I'm so uh, I'm losing so much interest in Alistair Black. Like, how many? Right. Pro- what is the promo to match ratio that has taken place <laughs> with that guy? It's not great. Um, it's not great. But it was also great to see as the match ended. Uh, the last, you know, three guys in the ring were Roman, Seth, and Keith Lee, and Roman essentially giving Keith Lee the rub, man. Yeah. Making sure that people understand this guy's the real deal. Yeah, and boy, moving Roman into a sort of mid card world was the best thing ever for him because that's we just wanted to not have to like Roman because they wanted us to like Roman right. and i think that this is a position in which Roman can demonstrate hey look i'm a team player i'm a locker room leader not because Vince McMahon anointed me the locker room leader it just so happens that in the locker room i got my shit together Vince McMahon saw that pushed me to the moon right. dropped the rocket rocket on me and so seeing things like that definitely uh, endears Roman Reigns to me more than 10 raw uh, <laughs> main events that I don't care about with Cor- Baron Corbin, right? Sure. Like this, these little things like this, you're like, you know what, Roman? Hell yeah. You know, and you see those things and you get to see, boy, this is uh, the guy that we thought we didn't, lo- we didn't want versus the guy we thought we may have wanted and how those tides have changed, right? Yeah, like right. in terms of Seth and, and Roman Reigns. And now I don't know that if Roman was in the top spot that things would be better. People say they are uh, would be. You know, I see a lot of that talk on the on, online. People saying, you know, oh, you know, if, if, if Roman was here, things would, you know, nah, I think you'd just be shitting on Roman instead. Yeah, exactly. of, you know, I think that, but I think part of that is the internet sucks. Uh, but part of that is they have a main event problem and maybe we're going to, we're, we're seeing a little shift to that going, right. going forward. I, I sure would like to think so, but, um, I, I didn't care about the, uh, I, I, I completely, I, I used that as a bathroom break. The, um, the next match with Ray Mysterio yep. and Brock Lesnar. Yep. Absolutely worth it. I, However, um, you missed Ray Mysterio looking like an absolute clown. <laughs> for no good, well, for the reasons that he wanted to cosplay the Joker, right? Because of the movie, but uh, out of all his cosplay, this is the worst. I don't know that you want to punctuate your legendary Hall of Fame. I mean, like one of the best ever careers with a clown mask, because boy, <laughs> the meme world sure does love that. <laughs> I have seen a lot of unflattering memes. Yeah, no, it was uh, the, 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 his his gear was an absolute shit show. The match itself was about as long as it needed to be, which means not very. Yeah, it was a this eight 
10 minutes. Yeah, there was, uh, and, and it was, I've, I've seen people online talking about how Brock Lesnar matches are kind of cookie cutter. He dominates his opponent for a couple of minutes. His opponent gets a foreign object of some sort and makes the comeback and it makes you believe he might have Brock on the ropes. And then Brock catches him and F5s him and, you know, the match is over. The highlights, though, are getting to see uh, Daddy Guerrero's son, Dominic, jump in the ring and do the 619 with his dad. And that was cool. I was in the bathroom, so I didn't see it. Yeah, no, they both they both hit Brock with a six one nine from either side, just whoop, and that was great. And then when Ray went for uh, to come off the top rope to uh, splash, and Brock caught him not like John Cena would catch somebody, but literally caught him on his shoulders. Oh wow! For the F five, so that was impressive in a in a kind of way that like to be able to get under somebody right where you need to be to make that catch was was impressive. Yeah, and now there are certainly things that Brock is really, really good at. The problem is, is when you book a match like this where it's no holds barred. You know, right. but the the first off, the Dean Ambrose match is still fresh because it was such a disappointment. But sure. the then Mox, uh, Moxley interview where he said he didn't want to, he just didn't want to do anything. He wasn't sure. interested. And it makes you realize that you're just not going to get anything out of this match. Yeah. So, like it's 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 no holds barred, so that the underdog has a chance, so that they can do whatever they want. Oh yeah, on paper that's a great booking, but, but when you you like you're saying when you know the stories behind the scenes about some of that stuff, you know, like well, it doesn't this doesn't matter. Yeah, it's not going to happen. Yeah, Brock Lesnar is a terrible carny. Is my problem with with Brock Lesnar? <laughs> I think more than anything else, he right. just he just refuses to even put on any razzle dazzle right. to make me to make me uh, want to be conned by him and then the match that they essentially banked on to uh, to take us home the main event which was Becky and Shayna Baszler and Bailey um, and I it wasn't awful but it wasn't great and especially after four or five hours of you know seeing a lot of stuff you wanted to see. By the time you got here, I don't know. Uh, yeah, for me, having ignored so many Brock Lesnar uh, main events, I enjoyed the match and didn't give it a whole lot of thought. Um, I'm not into I, this this heel Bailey. I don't like. I don't. I another hot take, and I this one I say with a lot of pain in my heart. But uh, Bailey is a B plus player. Oh, ouch! I don't. Uh, See, I feel like Becky Lynch's in-ring work isn't great. I agree, but her mic work is... I mean, she's so over, it doesn't matter. Right. Whether or not... We can dissect that, but we will look like haters if we do that. Yeah. Whereas Um, I I feel like Bailey is almost the exact opposite. Like, Bailey does not give good promo. Terrible. But she has some ring skill that I feel like uh, Becky Lynch possibly doesn't have. It's interesting. Um, I mean, certainly cult of personality is over everything. And I think so Bailey, if, if the Bailey character is who she is just amped up, she's going to always sort of struggle with being a a champion because people who are more like competitive monsters are going to outshine her every time, uh, in terms of being like, Hey, I'm, I'm a nice, calm person that five-year-old girls can look up to like that's not that's not a winning formula unfortunately sure. in a competitive environment um called the personality environment now going to this this heel that she's become is just like the i want to talk to you manager haircut and <laughs> I, I just i don't buy it but again i think you're right she's not good at promos she's not she's not an actress an right. actor she's not um 
for whatever reason, she can't pull herself out of the character she plays. And I think that benefits her when she is inspiring young girls because she does have that raw, honest charm. But it's not working otherwise. So what I'm saying in all this is that you immediately are putting a fly in the ointment in terms of your main event. Yeah, I think that because you just want to see Becky and Shayna Baszler beat the hell out of each other. Yeah, you have Becky who is super over and Shayna Baszler who nobody knows except for half of us actually do know her and and have a ton of respect. But for the big audience, it's like, who's this tomato can that's coming out of nowhere? Right. And then you could have a really beat up like a, that would be a good match for color. Um, but you make it more like a, a good old fashioned brawl, but you couldn't get that with the three people, um, format and also with that Bailey for whatever reason. Now, right. if you could have that Bailey, it turns out working with Shayna Baszler and they bring color like intentionally, how heel is that? Right. But we don't get any of that. I was, I, I was almost positive by this point in the night that the, the finish of this was going to be, uh, Becky having Shayna locked up for in the in the disarmor, Rhonda's music hits and Rhonda hits the stage and then Bailey rolls up Becky Lynch and gets like the the shit heel victory out of it and then she can, you know, talk talk the kind of shit that Carmella was talking a couple years ago. I you know what? I think that's another the fact that that's not how it went doesn't bode well for Bailey. <laughs> yeah, well, for sure. Because uh, I think that the authority of that win would have at least given her a little bit more momentum than she has, but instead right. you complete, completely take the wind out of her sails. I, I, to me, Shayna Baszler looks strong as hell. Yeah. Uh, I'm an unabashed Shayna Baszler fan. When that match started, I was like, Shayna, just go in there and beat, just headbutt them both into submission. Yeah, just, just do not give them a second to even think them, about anything. Throw them around, uh, put them in every submission hold you can put them in until somebody finally gives up. Yeah. Uh, but I thought that she put on a hell of a match. I think that she's she's a damn good professional wrestler. And um, I, I think that it makes sense that at the end, Becky goes, goes ape and just starts... Uh, crashing her through tables and things right. just an just a rage fail kind of moment so that she gets to go over it, it all makes sense um, and it feels like survivor series was absolutely put together to let anybody who's not watching nxt on wednesday nights know that nxt is kind of a big deal you know if you, oh yeah if, if you had a raw, if you're still even now just a raw and smackdown person you should probably be watching NXT because that's where it's at, man. Yeah, there's no question that there's a Wednesday night war going on, right? Like right. in the weeks leading up to the show, we had some different people going back and forth. Uh, you know, you had the owner from AEW. Uh, directly making a shot at the plane that was tr uh, quote unquote trapped over sure. in Saudi Arabia. Um, kind of went back and forth with Randy Orton. And yeah, exactly. And then, uh, not only does Orton sign a long-term contract, but NXT just gets way, way pushed over. Like yep. they're they're like, we believe in this product. If you if you watched Survivor Series and you were not familiar with the uh, the NXT pr product, NXT got the absolute opportunity to bring those fans over. If the fans don't come over, you can't say, well, NXT never got a chance. Right. Because, like, the top of the cream of the crop over there got to put on the matches that they wanted to. They got to shine, and they got to put on great matches. Like, this is, this wasn't just like, hey, I'm so happy to see NXT got some breadcrumbs. No, NXT put on amazing matches throughout the entire weekend. 
So, um, and I think a lot of us were really concerned that NXT was kind of going to get buried on Sunday. That Raw and SmackDown were going to, you know, beat down the NXT people on, on every front, and that's absolutely not what we got. No, although we did get we did get Seth Rollins show up at NXT, although it was their highest rated show, not their lowest. I was yeah, I was know, making predictions that he was going to show up and and completely just put the stink on all of them. I but was uh, say you know who else showed up on that show and immediately made me think of you, Drew fucking McIntyre. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I did. I did say I, I couldn't think of his name that day, and so right. I said the big Scottish guy or right. the big Scott. <laughs> <laughs> so that was Sunday night, Saturday night. What what haven't you seen from NXT uh, Takeover? So I only watched the Bro match, the War Games match. The, the oh yes, I saw the main. No, I saw the Bro versus. Um, oh, uh, uh, Finn Balor. Finn Balor. Yes, okay. And but I did after. Yes, I did go back and watch. Because once I found out Sweet Baby K.O. show, I was yeah. like, what? <laughs> right? What? <laughs> and uh, and as a matter of fact, I had the match was playing. Someone, um, Wolf, came over to, to watch Survivor Series. And I had the match playing. I was watching their Survivor Series thing. And uh, I came back into the room after having ignored about 15 minutes of it for other purposes. Right. And uh, I see, like, in because they had the, the way, the, uh, the alleyway between the two rings yeah and i just see Bebe like his uh, adam cole's ass is like taking up the screen <laughs> and he's being put up for a power bomb right by, and i'm like badass and i'm like going about i'm like wait a minute <laughs> kevin owens is like, what <laughs> so that also made me really i was like i cannot believe i didn't watch this live yeah. uh, i mean like for all the the ups and downs of professional wrestling uh and you know when you watch just relentlessly year after year after year you, you definitely build a different relationship with it at right. different times but that's the I, I don't ever get tired of the KO story. And so, of course, leading over to Monday Night Raw, yep. I am absolutely over the moon with what's going on on that. So. Yeah, see, now you're invested, whereas I'm still I'm still ch- checked out of Monday Night Raw. There, there are, I can count on one hand the people that are still on Monday Night Raw that I care about. Yeah, I, I've, I'm, I'm going to say I'm invested in that story, but I'm not going to invest my time in shows that are too hours of stuff I don't like right. for maybe an hour that I'm interested in. I will not do it. I will I will start I still have not capitulated to how you go about watching wrestling cuz I don't I don't like the idea of watching things piecemeal. I yeah. like to sit down and just connect with the the what I'm watching sure. and just uh, analyze every every moment of it. But I am kind of like I can see I cannot miss a Kevin Owens story, but if they're going to slow play me all the way to SummerSlam next year for the next 18 months, like it appears they may, and nothing else good is going on, I'm not going to be interested. Now, right. there's a lot of people on that roster that I really like. So it's it's I'm invested enough that I expect that next Monday I'm going to sit down to watch from the start, but I'm not at all confident that I'm going to either finish that show or schedule it for the week following. Right. I'm hopeful. Uh, I like that they're finally blowing off the Rusev thing with Bobby Lashley. That was actually uh, having missed most of the Cuck storyline other than the first <laughs> couple of weeks. Um, just seeing the blow off where you just get to see a raging Rusev attacking Bobby Lashley, regardless of circumstances, I was I'm I'm there for that. Right. I'm here for Rusev saying oh, I'm back. <laughs> Uh, I don't care what the reasoning for it is. I love a strong Rusev that's going to get quality story time. 
Um, but going back to NXT TakeOver, what was your favorite stuff over there? It was amazing. Talk to me about that first match, actually. Okay, because was there were four matches. Four match card, about two, little over two hours, and I, I was invested from start to finish man that women's uh the women's war games match it's funny between the two war games matches because having not been a wcw guy this is maybe the second or third year that i've been you know gotten to see how war games works and it's funny because the match doesn't officially start until all eight people have been let out of the cage and get inside the two rings which have the the big cage around them so like the first i don't know 15 minutes of the match aren't really even the match yet you're just watching people beat each other up. Right, right. And it's usually a couple of big names or even if even if you don't, there's an, there's an immediacy to it, right? Like as soon as the two competitors are in there with the cages and the timers and the right. potential for anything, I'm like immediately locked in in a War Games match. Yeah. And that is a great, Which is fasc- great form. Like I said, it's fascinating because really the match hasn't even started no, yet. No, that's an excellent point. And yeah. it's amazing because like I said, that first 15 minutes is all set up. And then after that, you would expect, you know, like, okay, it's going to be one a five minute match. No, no, no. You get at least a half an hour once everybody's in the ring, which is fucking amazing. And that's why people love NXT. You get four or five matches. They all get all the time they need to tell the story. There's just no way on the bigger card where you have 10 matches and you've you've been following 12 different storylines that everyone's going to be happy. Where in NXT... Everyone's going to get, if you fail to tell your story in NXT, it's because you had a bad night at the office. Yep. And it's great, too, because you, you ended the night with a men's match and you began the night with a women's match. And both matches had that, like, that moment that of, of shock and awe before the match even started. With, with the men's match, it was getting Kevin Owens at the, you know, as the last entrant. On the women's side, it was the turn of Dakota Kai. And the, right. her beating down Tegan Knox, so the match essentially was two on four instead of four on four, uh, and and that's fascinating because Dakota Kai is just Kiwi Bailey. So how do you feel about that that move? I know you're a huge Dakota Kai fan. I'm really interested to see where it goes. I mean, the first thing that comes to mind is the fact that that was supposed to be Mia Yim's spot, and she was put in that spot that night. So you know, okay, maybe I'm nobody's second choice. Is is the character thought going forward? It's also boy that doesn't speak well to Bailey either, does it? If right. you have, if you have, what if you a, what if you put Kiwi Bailey as as a heel down in NXT and then she gets over meteorically faster? Right. Than you did. <laughs> but yeah, the fact that she's called Kiwi Bailey <laughs> should be the first thing to know. Like, oh, and now she's going to be heel. Oh, she's going to be a better heel than me. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but it was uh, it was a fantastic match, as all NXT matches tend to be. And uh, I I thought Kaylee Ray, the NXT UK Women's Champion, uh-huh. definitely the MVP of the night because she took some nasty bumps. Uh, you got to see Io Shirai do the the moonsault off the top of the cage. Uh, you know, I feel like Io Shirai is top one in the world. As a professional wrestler, <laughs> and it I, re- like- I need to follow her career much more closely because she is really, really, really good. Yeah, and it sounds like, is she the one that, like, her, her contract, or no, I'm thinking of Kyrie Sane, her contract is coming up in, like, a couple of months, and it sounds like she'd rather go back to Japan now. Mm, yeah. She's had, an, she's had fought over here in the States, and now she'd like to go back to Japan and, and you know, do some, some Joshi wrestling. <laughs> But that match was great, like you said. The bro and, and Finn Balor delivered, um, and the the match at the the War Games at the end of the night was just full of great stuff. Kyle O'Reilly, as always, taking some sick bumps and and also you know being hilarious. How about that 
bomb through the through from the top of the cage through. Okay, man, I jumped. I jumped ahead. Right. We have to pay respect to uh, the psycho killer. And yeah. hearing twelve thousand people chanting "Daddy's home" yep. was that was goosebump raising. Like for a guy who has uh, had this struggle, he had the, one of the great stories of all time being told, like this multi-year story, and then have, su- suffering a catastrophic injury. Right to see him come back, be re-embraced, and now essentially elevated to the king. Like there's. He and Adam Cole are going to have some burners oh, yeah. for the next couple of years. And it's almost sad. It's almost like watching Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn's cross path as each of them would get injured a few years ago. Like, it seems like we can never have uh, Gargano and Ciampa at the same time for very long. Like It's just, it's tragic. It is. You can't, like, for the matches that those two guys have given us, we, we it seems like we can't keep them both in the you know no it's really tricky and i'll be interested to see if johnny wrestling is welcomed back i want to see johnny wrestling and finn balor which was what we were supposed to get before they had to substitute the bro in there um but you know i was uh it's good stuff man and that last spot holy shit that is a long fall adam cole taking the uh what looks like the 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 seamus's white noise i don't know what uh champa calls it but through two tables from the top of the cage like Jesus. Yeah, and he landed it perfectly. I mean, it it, yeah. it looked like he was going down on straight on his head, but he essentially just did like a fairly easy back bump. Yep. <laughs> I, I thought that it was it was beautifully executed. It was totally earned, right? Like at the end of that night, you're like, okay, this is not a uh, a flare moonsault in the first two minutes of a match against a jabroni, right? right? Like this is a truly earned high risk maneuver to cap off. A whole, like it was almost like this is this is for the locker room. This isn't for just us, right? Is how that felt to me, and that's what's that's what's the strength of NXT has over potentially AEW as we continue going. I'm not I'm not I'm I'm going to stick with AEW myself for the time being sure. because I'm just more of an indie kind of guy. But I mean, the reality of the situation is it's a billionaire versus a billionaire. So I mean, I can I can get all uh, socio political about where I'm putting my time and energy, and it's really like, you know. <laughs> well, that's the fun yeah. thing too is the week before. Let's let's talk about some of the other things that have gone on in wrestling uh, other than this weekend. So the week before, uh, during Wednesday night, you had the NXT Go Home Show for Survivor Series and for uh, Takeover. But then on the other channel, AEW decided to combat that by giving us Darby Allen and fucking. Turtles. John Moxley, and holy shit, was that good! I didn't see it. I never got back to it. Oh. It's, it's on my DVR, so yeah, I, I no, reckon. I, I, I reckon tomorrow I will watch the two episodes back to back, just uh, for story's sake. It absolutely does not disappoint. You also had uh, some fantastic um, promo work. Was last week when we got to see? No, it was Chris Jericho and um, the one guy from the SCU. Scorpio Sky. Scorpio Sky. Some and, fantastic promo work between those two. And word is on that Scorpio Sky is looking like a superstar. Yeah, moving uh, moving from comedy into seriousness into you know Scorpio Sky kind of duck season rabbit seasoning uh chris jericho into a title match that's first off what a great structure for a promo like if whoever came up with that backstage gold star to you uh but scorpio sky's a guy who i mean you you watch him move in the ring and he is 
incredible, extremely athletic, but also technically very sound. And we're sort of seeing him on the big, like this, he's, this is his coming out party. Yeah. As much as we can say, well, NXT went to go from like an 800,000. This is Scorpio sky going from performing for a couple thousand people to a million people. And yeah. to see someone make a smooth transition like that is very, very cool. Like I'm excited. I genuinely feel like if regardless of whether I'm, uh, a fan of the character being played Scorpio sky is a potential face that I can get behind because I'm like, hell yeah, you keep killing it each step of the way and you're doing it the right way. Like you right. came in, you work with a couple of old veterans, you're about to outshine them. And if those other veterans are worth their weight in salt, they are helping shine you up for that, regardless of whether or not it benefits them going forward, because yep. that's the way you want the world to work. And so right. a face like that, I can totally get behind. And the fact that he's crushing it is like, hell yes. Cause you know, not everyone comes out and crushes it. Well, yeah. And you kind of like, there's always that you want to be there for like when the guy's moment happens, you know, like if you were a CM Punk fan before the pipe bomb, then you felt like, yes, this is what I've been trying to tell you all these years. Now, yay! You know what? This is a real chick magnet. <laughs> is that the uh, is that the pipe bomb? That might be. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, and also, I have to mention the fact that uh, AEW last week opened with Matt Jackson and Phoenix, uh, while over on NXT you got Rhea Ripley and Becky Lynch, and I tweeted it out while it was happening last Wednesday. I love that no matter which show you're watching on Wednesday, you're getting some of the best wrestling shows we've seen all year. Yeah, and one of the things that is very interesting is that I'm finding myself... I, I think I'm gonna. See, this is gonna happen more and more. Flipping between the two, it's so that I'm sort of staggering. Like I'm watching whichever the first match I want to see, I watch, and yeah. then I go watch the first match. And I don't love that in terms of that's not how I want to take in my stories. No, I, I tried it once and uh, one week a couple of weeks ago, and it it, it didn't work out for a while. But if the rest of my week is gonna be depressing, then chasing that endorphin uh, rush is right. kind of worth it. Like I might sacrifice my stories to actually feel good for you know an hour or two, right. and they're giving me that that's they're, they're, they're doing what entertainment should do right like we, we are sort of in this 24 hour human existence of entertainment yes um and so all of it is just like meh 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 right we're getting like i'm loving that that couple hours of wrestling every week and yeah, if they can continue to both deliver how great is that for all of us it's really fun to uh have moved the night that you watch wrestling to wednesday night and then like even though there's wrestling on throughout the rest of the week, not having to really care. Just being like, no, I watch wrestling on Wednesday. I'm done. 100% of the time now, <laughs> I forget that SmackDown is on Friday nights. I, My DVR refuses to record it. <laughs> I, I, I never, I just never set it for Friday night. And it was two weeks in a row that I wanted to see The Fiend and Daniel Bryan promo and went to my DVR and was like, where's SmackDown? <laughs> <laughs> it is absolutely... My DVR has decided I'm done watching SmackDown. Uh, so the only way I get to uh, take it in is through the WWE's Twitter account. So... That's that's how that works. <laughs> Do you want to talk about uh, Jim Cornette? Boo! Fuck you! This shit suck. I mean, he doesn't want to talk about it. Yeah. So um, Jim Cornette is an angry old man, uh, mm -hmm. and he's a racist by my standards. And you know, we can have that debate. Uh, I'm not interested in having the debate, but I mean, fine. If if, if you want to say no, he's he's a comedian. And they're he, okay, fine. Okay, so he's a bad c comic. So he's either a racist or a bad comedian. And uh, 
it's not for me. I like yeah. so him getting. I I like what he brought to the show. I wanted to have the segment. You know, I wanted to have the segment with uh, with our friend Elizabeth going forward. Right. But you know, like whatever. He's he's defiant to the end. That he wants to be that guy. More power to him. Right. You know, I don't I don't think he needs to be silenced. I don't think that he's uh, starting the fourth Reich. Um, uh, but I, I he's he's tone deaf. Absolutely tone deaf. At at, at best, he's tone deaf. Right. And at, and at worst, he is. Uh, a pernicious racist, and so you know, whatever, fuck him. Uh, I, I I wish he wouldn't have done it. I would. I think that the wrestling world's better if he's there, uh, but not if he. The only way we can have him is with him being this weird coded right. asshole. Um, now, I don't mean to put you like super in the hot seat, but when we record these on Tuesday nights, so you get to, you get to watch uh, NWA Power after we get done recording. Yes, when it happened. Were you on board with the like? If Jim Cornette was still there this week, would you still be watching NWA Power? I would, yes. Okay. Um, I don't know that I would be talking about it, not because it's a deep dark secret that I don't want to share, but because if it's become something that's so overshadowed by negativity that right. it bums people out to even know that you engage in it, right. it's not worth it for me. Um, I, I've said many, many times, and I, I hope, hopefully will say till the day I die, I like a lot of heinous shit. Sure. A lot of gross, awful things. I am a monster. That doesn't mean that I need to like broadcast that to everybody. Right. Um, Even though that's what we just did. Yes. Well, uh, <laughs> correct. Correct. Fair. But but generally speaking, um, you knocked me completely off course there. I apologize. <laughs> I just couldn't. I, I, like, it, I served it right up, man. It was like, <laughs> like here, you, you want, well, can, I, can, I, can I lob the softball to you? <laughs> well, that's the other question I wanted to ask you about is that what do you think about the idea that why didn't somebody catch this in post? Yeah, that's a real fucking problem too, and I don't know. Like, if if this, if we can all agree that Jim Cornette's uh, his joke was off color and out of touch and shouldn't be there, then how did it pass? How many people did it pass through before it made it to YouTube, where we could all see it? Right. And that just went. Eh, it's just Jim being Jim. Yeah. No, it's hard to say if I mean, like there, it, it could be there's a sort of a free speech mentality. That's a possibility. Uh, it could be some just straight up carny bullshit, right? Like we do this, and everyone's going to be watching this show before the night's over. It right. could be that. Uh, who knows? Um, but yeah, that's a problem. I think though, ultimately, the way that they handled it was exactly the right way in terms of judging a corporation doing what corporations do. Sure. I feel weird judging corporations. Like, I, <laughs> in terms of uh, uh, an, an evil money collecting entity, I think that that evil money collecting entity at least offered the proper like uh penalty they took the proper yeah they took the steps steps like you know um it'd be nice if we didn't have to live in a world like that but that's just never going to be the case because there's always going to be somebody who's saying something that somebody else finds reprehensible and so you're going to always have to have that discussion and you know but I'm not I'm not boycotting, but um, you know that's certainly if they if that's a big strike against them for from my perspective sure. in terms of like an on off switch. There is a a point where they could push that line too many times where I just say I'm I'm not doing this because it it makes me feel it ta- uncomfortable. Like right, it, it, it takes, takes the, the positivity out of, out of it. Yeah, out of watching the product. Well, uh, other things that are happening on Tuesday nights, going back to WWEville, are uh, the return of CM Punk as a Fox employee to WWE backstage. Jesus Christ! 
Yeah, and um, I watched last week. Uh, it was the first full CM Punk uh, show. I, I guess he will not be on. Hey, you know what? This is a real chick magnet. I guess he will not be on this week's episode, because, and uh, Triple H will be on this week's episode. So I don't know what that says. Um, but it was it was neat to watch him interact with Paige and with Renee Young. There was a particular segment where they were talking about Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins, and uh, Renee was saying something about those those guys from the Shield. Hey, Punk, you were in WWE when the guys from the Shield. Who's your favorite Shield guy? And he jokingly kind of kayfabed, "Who's your favorite, Renee?" Knowing that you know she married one of them. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a big fan of the chick magnet. No, no. Chick magnet. Yeah, I uh, I saw that he was coming back, and uh, boo, fuck you. This shit sucked. Interesting. Yeah, that's, so <laughs> I think that it's there's probably way more CM Punk fans than there aren't. Right. So I think that uh, we'll definitely have to check in from time to time to see. So you can let me know what CM oh, Punk sure. had to say, uh, and and maybe. Uh, Maybe our other partner over there, Mr. Bean, with the uh, audio clips, can tell us what he thinks. Boo! Fuck you! This shit sucks! Apparently he's not a fan. Well, we're past our time limit, Shawnee, and uh, we we thank you for uh, hanging out with us and listening to us talk about some wrestling. If you haven't gotten the opportunity, Survivor Series was great. NXT TakeOver, great as always. You can check those out on the WWE Network. And uh, we'll be back next week with another One Fall Show. Shawnee, where can people find you online? People can find me on Instagram at Shawnee.Constant. You can find us both at the One Fall Show page on yes, Facebook. Absolutely. And you can find me on Twitter at C-H-Z-U-C-K. For our Canadian listeners, C-H-Z-U-C-K-B-E-A-N. Cheers up, Bean. Have fun. Be safe. Don't fall in the... Ants! Fuck you, this shit sucks. Jesus Christ. They're doing penis thrust on the wrestling show. Ladies and gentlemen. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the One Fall Show. This uh this or I should say this show is scheduled for one fall. With a 60-minute time limit. Absolutely. Shawnee Constant, Mr. Bean, Chuck Bean. Jesus, I'm fucking it up. Left and goddamn right. Let's start it over. <laughs> Shawnee's a big fan of NWA Power that's happening on Tuesday nights. I'm a little okay, right now. Like, let's not. It sounds like you're trying to color me into a box. Like, you're this a is huge just huge fan of NWA Power. You sorely miss uh, one of the voices on commentary. Yikes! And, Yikes! Uh, I do not. I do, <laughs> I do not. I don't know if I like the sound of this at all. <laughs> the reason that this show is scheduled for one hour is because we are surrounded by ants. Ah! And if I don't get the spray, I was wondering why there were cans of spray all over this room. Now I know. Ants. Ants. I love it.